The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds, 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minnick. <laughs> been one of those days. Yeah, one of those days. It's hump day. Uh-huh. You doing all right? I'm doing great. You doing all right? I'm good. Bob Baloo, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. You sure? How's your appendix? It's uh, still there. All right. Still you there. athletic? Yeah, just, uh, just, am I athletic? Is that what you said? <laughs> yes. The- just played in the uh, in the Austin FC media game last week and scored a couple goals. I mean, I don't know what more you need out of me. I'm a 46 year old fat dude running around a soccer field scoring goals. I don't know what you need. Well, I mean, wow, so you're still out there playing basketball? It was soccer. No, no this was soccer. Oh, soccer. Soccer. <laughs> when he said goals, I'm thinking, you know. Yeah, well, you yeah, you, you don't understand yeah. the most popular sport in the world, but whatever. Um, yeah, you're right. I don't. I mean, di- digressing is <laughs> Bob Baloo joins and, us. And Joe. And Joe's proud of it. Yeah, exactly. Bob Baloo on the Buyers Barricades guest line. Joe made a comment earlier that Mike McCarthy is not athletic. I hope he can recover I mean, from Bob. appendix. And people are bl- – well, one dude in particular named Chris is just mad as hell at Ryan Eagle. When you look at Mike McCarthy, do you, does that scream athlete? <laughs> no, but he can recover from appendix. Well, of course. I mean, on, I, I'm just saying, though. I mean, it's like – it's like you just don't see athlete when you look at Mike McCarthy. So that some no. guy, yeah, he got no, upset. And he asked me whenever I was an athlete. And I said, "What's the?" I'd say it's been a it's been a day, Bob. Uh, well, did you tell him he needs to go to the Alice Hall of Fame? That's exactly right. <laughs> Is it really a hall oh, or more of an entryway? God. Yeah, it's a it's a, it's, it's a tent. <laughs> oh my gosh! It's tough. So, uh, Longhorns in the playoffs, just as we oh, all hey. predicted. Yeah, I heard. No controversy uh, at all with the playoff committee. They got it right, right? Uh, uh well, I, I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think we start with, um, I, I was thinking about this today. I remember when I was just a young pup working at Ken's Five, and Joe would yell at me all the time, <laughs> tell me I was wrong about everything. Just like he did last Wednesday when he told me Oregon was going to beat Washington and Texas wasn't going to make the playoff. And I, I just kept – I had all these flashbacks to, like, man, like, I really felt like I matured as a person because of Joe because he'd always yell at me. I got stronger mentally. And Richard, and now too, we're here, if you were betting him. And no, <laughs> <laughs> no, I just had to give Joe a hard time. Listen, uh, I was uh, – I think I think everybody for the last four days has probably um, put all the emotion and expended everything they could into what the committee got wrong, what the committee got right. I, I think I have a real problem with Florida State not being in the playoff. I also have a real problem with Georgia not being in the playoff. I would have had a real problem with Texas or Alabama not being in the playoff, um, and and even Oregon to an extent. They were the best eight teams in college football this year. There's absolutely no doubt. You can't move past the number eight in college football and say this team deserved it. But I thought those eight teams deserved a shot at the playoff this year. Um, it, it was just 
like I said this Saturday night, I was on with uh, with some guys here that I know, and they were asking me, you know, what do you think about Texas? What do you think about whatever? And I said, you know, tomorrow, Sunday morning, we're going to have someone who has to say life is not fair. And that's just what this is going to come down to. <laughs> and that's what it came down to, whether it was going to be Texas or Alabama or Georgia or Oregon or, or Florida State. Um, uh, it, it just came down to that, like life's just not fair. And I think our, our weekend guy here, Jeff uh, Barker, told me one of the best things that he said that I thought that this kind of came down to this, they sacrificed Florida State to save America. <laughs> and I thought that's actually a really – that's a really funny way to put it, but it's kind of true. Like, Michigan-Alabama, and again, if you're Michigan and you have your choice of Alabama or Florida State, you're going to choose Florida State 100 times over. It's the truth. Like, to make these playoff games and these semifinals what they should be and how the, the intrigue that goes into them, it needed to be Michigan-Alabama. It needed to be Michigan-Texas. It needed to be Washington-Texas or Washington-Alabama. And we came out, I think, with, with what will be – I really do believe this. It'll be one of the best uh, final three games, maybe the best final three games we've had since the inception of the playoff 10 years ago. Well, and, and that's uh, exactly my point when it comes to Florida State. You, you just don't know. I mean, right, Michigan, Alabama may roll one or the other. Washington, Texas may roll the other. We don't know how these games are going to turn out. We can say, well, these look like the best matchups, but you know, Texas just beat the crap out of Washington. It was a horrible football game. Uh, and right. So, so we don't know, and that's the point of it. I'm glad this four-team crap is going away and that we're finally yeah. going to have a real playoff system come next year. I'm 100% with you on that. I would, this is a long, long time overdue. If you look at UIL high school football, if you look at college football on the FCS level, Division II level, Division Three level, if you look at the NFL, every single sport, every single level of football has a playoff system with at least eight or 12 or whatever the number is teams, uh, you know, high school football, it's like 8,000. Um, yes. but, but it's, but, it, but everybody has a playoff. And again, I don't know what took us so long to get here, but I'm glad we're finally here because next year, you know, they kept putting up the graphic throughout the year. Here's what the matchups would look like today. And everybody was like, Oh my God, how much fun would this yeah. be? Like how great would it be to have Penn state at Texas this weekend or, you know, whatever the game, Ohio State and Oregon in the 8-9 game, or whatever it is, there would be nothing better than that. And I think that's what we're moving toward, and we're, and we're finally going to get there. Um, and, yeah, it's – listen, Florida State-Michigan could have ended up being a great game. Maybe it would have been a defensive showdown, and it would have been a 13-10 to 10 game, and everybody would have said, I didn't want to watch that, but at least it was a good game. We'll never know. And I do feel for Florida State, they deserve to be in the playoffs. But in the end, I think this is what's going to end up – making the best four or best three games of the well, of the uh, playoff this year. See, and Bob, and that's what I said on 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 Monday. I, the the committee as wrong as it is, they got it right because I mean, we all saw Michigan and Iowa, right? Nobody wants to see that again. Right. And without their quarterback and because they're allowed by their rules to say without a uh, you know, dynamic player, you could be left out and that's the reason. And it sucks for everybody that plays at Florida State, but under the rules I don't think anybody was overly surprised except for did the committee have the stones to actually do that, and they did. And it's the last year of the deal, and and there's been some controversy throughout the 10 years that we've had this, but not to this level, and it's the year that it's going away. And and I was reading Florida State was a part of the group last year that pushed 
the the four team playoff for another year before it goes. I mean, Florida State essentially voted for this system when we could have had twelve this year. And, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was 1992 when undefeated West Virginia was yep. passed up by one lost Florida State to go to the national title. Trust game. me, so, Pat McAfee has um, mentioned that a thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> of course, um, but yeah, you know, I think I think the system that we're going to is a good one. You can make whatever argument to justify your team. Um, you know, there are people who are saying Florida State should have been over Texas. I heard people talking about how Alabama should have been in over Texas because they played in week two. And, and I, I, all these things, everybody can make an argument for their team. And you're right. This was the first time the playoff committee had to make an actual decision. Um, in the, you know, this is the 10th year of it. I'm glad we're moving to what we're moving to next year. It will be a lot of fun, though. For Texas fans to get to go to New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl on New Year's Day, the New Year's Eve on Bourbon Street, if you're if you're so brave, and and really like go enjoy this because it's the first time they get to do it, and you know it what looks like a Texas program that's building toward being in this playoff for a long time to come under Steve Sarkeesian. All right, Bob. So Texas is in. What what happens now? What what is the schedule for Texas? Because obviously we've got a few weeks before that game takes place. Uh, I, is, it, is it finals time at UT right now? Do they give them some time off for that, or, or what's going on? Yeah, so Sark and the coaches will go. Uh, they're out on the road recruiting already. Uh, I've seen some pictures of them up today. Uh, the, the Sark was kind of joking. He was like, we really want to enjoy this Big 12 celebration on Sunday. And then he was like, the guys are coming in and running and lifting tomorrow. And he said that's going to kind of be like they're going to keep them in shape and do those kind of things. They have finals coming up. They'll get through finals week. And then not this weekend, but next weekend, they will start working back toward, uh, you know, looking at, at, at getting back into football, the groove of football. They'll spend a couple of weeks getting prepared for Washington, and, uh, and then they'll head out to, uh, to New Orleans on December 27th and then have whatever that is, six days uh, before they play Washington at 745 on New Year's Day. Bob Ballou from KI Television in Austin joining us here on The Blitz. Bob, um Reports this week that Quinn could come back. Arch is going to stay. What's the latest yeah. on the quarterbacks? Who's staying? Who's going? And what does that mean moving forward? Yeah, and it's a really interesting time, too. I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's something Sark has in the past. We've heard him say when the transfer portal opens and if a guy says I'm going into the transfer portal, um, they are done at Texas. That, that's been his thing. Now, not a lot of schools do that. Some of them let you test the waters and, and do whatever and then come back. Sarkis said, you're done at Texas. What he is, I think it sounds like making an exception for this year is you can enter the portal, but you can stay on with our team through the playoffs. Uh, one of the guys today that's, that's portaling, a four-year player named Sawyer Gorham Welch, uh, said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into the transfer portal, but I am going to stay on with the team through, through the playoffs. So I guess Sark is kind of, because of the timing of the portal, um, the way this goes down, how this always works with, yeah, it's, it's for the Alamo Bowl or it's for whatever bowl game that's not a playoff game, even some of the New Year's Six Bowls. A lot of guys opt out. Um, but but these guys are saying, with the weird timing of it this year, I think Sark's going to say, okay, you can, maybe it's for some guys, maybe it's for all, I don't know, but he's going to say you can stay on through the playoffs with us. Um, I, I find what's going to happen in the quarterback room, that's why I bring this up, it's going to be really interesting to see the dynamic with Malik Murphy. He has a serious decision to make. Um, you know, Malik's not, he's not naive to what's going on. He's not naive to the Texas Tech game when Arch comes in and everybody that's left in the stadium loses their mind. 
Um, I think he knows, and it's not that he doesn't want to compete for that spot. Uh, I, I just think you – it's not even that the writing's on the wall. You just, if Quinn comes back next year, Quinn's going to be the starter. Then the backup position is there for the taking. And if Malik sees that Arch is going to win that job or they tell him Arch is going to win that job or they say, hey, you can go be a starter somewhere at a really good school next year. Don't stay here. Not, we want you here, but don't, you know, maybe that's what he decides. Um, it'll be interesting to see as this portal window's open which Texas players end up actually going in. Um, but for now, I think everybody sees it as if Quinn comes back, there's a belief that Arch will win that backup job next year, and that would leave Malik Murphy to say, I would leave. Um, again, you never know. There are a lot of things that can happen between now and the end of the, the deadline for the portal, but um, it, 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 that's kind of where things stand right now, I think, and I think it would almost be naive to say you, if you don't think Arch is going to be the backup next year. I, mean, I, I would think that's where this is heading, and I think the Manning family's okay with that. I think they're good with the development so far. I think they, they couldn't believe the ovation he got when he came in against Texas Tech. I think Arch feels that love, and he says, you know what, I, I'm good. I can keep developing, uh, continue to, my progress, and then when I am called on, if that's Ewers gets hurt or, you know, he wins the job at whatever point, he's good to go, and he feels comfortable in the system, and I think that's kind of where they are right now with that. Well, you because, again, you got to remember, Quinn, Quinn came in and was the immediate quarterback in the fall. So, like, there's a, you know, he only had seven or eight months to learn this offense, and then he was the guy. This gives Arch – a year, possibly two years, to really engulf himself in this, become a, a more mature person, and then drive toward becoming, you know, a top number one overall pick, which is what I think we all think maybe one day could happen. So there is no feeling, no chance that Arch could step up in, in the spring and say, hey, I'm better than Quinn, and, and I, I should start. I mean, they're going to compete, or is yours just got the job? No, 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 no. I, I think that's one of the things that, that Sark has um, – the reason this culture works, the reason that what he's doing works so well is it's all earned. And, yeah, I think, there, I think there's absolutely something to be said for Arch Manning says, I am the best quarterback here. I am going to go win this job and proves it. Um, I don't think that's off the table. I do think that – having a third-year quarterback go into Michigan in week two sounds more comforting than Arch Manning going in. That's not to say it wouldn't work if Arch went in. That's just to say you, you've got a guy who knows this offense backward and forward. You would feel more comfortable going to, to Ann Arbor in week two next year with Quinn as your quarterback. But like you said, it has to be earned. Well, And as always, a lot of things can happen between now and that that game, a lot of things that happened between now and Washington game this year. Well, and um, and Bob, I think that, you know, your your everything you're saying makes sense with the the one one part of the equation. You know, if Malik Murphy hits the portal, and I like your term you use, portaling. If he goes portaling, <laughs> but if if Quinn is coming back, who's to say Arch doesn't hit the portal with all the NIL money that's throwing around? And I know for the Mannings, at least coming in initially, that wasn't a big deal, but it, we're making it sound like we're, the Mannings are okay, Arch is okay with a backup uh, year because the idea last year was they knew Quinn was going to be the starter. It was cool to redshirt, but is it cool to ride the bench a second year for the Mannings? I mean, because it sounds like it's all an assumption that if Quinn comes back, that's the way it's going to be, except for the one guy, Arch Manning. How do we know that's all right with him and he doesn't want to go portaling? 
I think it's a fair question. But Arch Manning's not going anywhere. I, I think this. I think there aren't many. Um, there probably aren't many. I don't even know if families is the right word because I don't want to just make this like a Peyton and Eli and Cooper thing. But there aren't many families who could really approach it this way. I think a lot of people that go to college feel like um, I've got to go be the guy right now. I've got to go win this job right now. I've got to do all this. The patience of that family is a little different. Um, if I'm not mistaken, this is what Eli did. Eli redshirted his freshman year. He was the backup his second year, and then he, and then he started for Ole Miss. I just think they're okay with all this. I think Arch is okay with all this. Now, now listen, he's an 18-year-old kid. I'm sure every 18-year-old kid's like, man, I'd really like to be playing right now. I get that. I just think everything about the direction that this originally took before he got to Texas was the first year you're going to redshirt, you're not going to play, and that's what we want. We also want you to be developed by Steve Sarkeesian. The, the, for, for what Sark has done over his long span with quarterbacks, this is the guy that we believe in. This is why we're committing here. This is why we're going to go here. Um, and I, I, I just think it, you know, in the NIL monies, obviously that's not a thing either uh, in terms of financials for the Mannings. But more importantly, you know, Arch had a, uh, whatever the trading card deal was, and he had his, his big trading card, and it raised, I, I honestly, off the top of my head, I can't remember, somewhere between 500000 and a million dollars. And he donated it all to children's charities. So whatever the plan that they have had in place, they have not budged one bit from this is about his development, whether he's playing or not. He's not going anywhere. He, the NIL money is going to be donated. All these things that they kind of were kind of like out there before he got here have all happened. And so now I think they're just in that same boat of like, yeah, Quinn comes back. Arch is, Arch is going to be the backup next year. You never know when a guy's going to get hurt. You know, this year it happened. Malik, Malik Murphy had to play two games. He won both of them. Um, that's the situation. I mean, Quinn, had, Quinn didn't stay healthy last year, didn't stay healthy this year for 12 games. So there's an opportunity for Arch to play next year at some point, most likely. Um, so, yeah, that's, it's, it's, I understand. But it's not that I don't understand why these questions are being asked. Because I do. But the plan all along has – they followed the plan that they wanted all along, and I don't really see that changing at, at any point. Yeah, I, I agree 100% with that, except for the part of the plan that Quinn comes back. I thought they, the plan was Quinn had one more year off to the NFL, then Arch takes over. So I, in everything that I read and everybody that I listen to, just, all right, well, just continue on with the plan as is except for we haven't really heard that from Arch or the Mannings, although Sark certainly doesn't seem to be overly concerned, and I would think he's fully aware of said plan, or he might be pushing Quinn yeah. out the door. Yeah, I, and I think that, to, to your point, two things. Number one, the best part, I, I, I was just, we were just talking about this, the best part of Texas making the national championship semifinal, or national semifinal, is that one of the media availabilities that they have is an open room, every player available availability two days before the game. And so <laughs> our Arch Manning is finally going to have to talk and finally going to have to say some of the things everybody's wanted to know about some of this process, and it'll be kind of fun to, to get to hear him on that front. Um, and then the second point in all of that is that Steve Sarkeesian has a plan. And Sark knows that for the future of his program, it's very important that they show they're developing Arch in the right way. And whether that means um, that – he earns that trust even if he's not playing by staying there. 
and future quarterbacks say, man, Arch Manning sat on the bench for two years, and look at him now. He's the number one pick in the draft. Well, that's a path I can take. I, I'll, I'll go be a red shirt this year behind whoever's here and then move on from there. So, so again, I know there's impatience, and I know there guys want to play football. I get it. But in the end, if, if to your family – the development is the most important part. And this works out, and Arch does end up one day becoming the number one pick in the draft. That looks really good for Sark and what, what the Texas program is doing and in their development. Good stuff. Bob Alou from KI Television in Austin. Always appreciate the insight. Guys, it's always a pleasure. I look forward to doing this again, and, and I'm really going to have fun doing it when I'm on Bourbon Street at 4.15 in the afternoon for <laughs> three weeks or so. Uh, you'll really look <laughs> athletic then, that's yeah, for sure. We can't wait for that either. <laughs> Double fisting hurricanes. We'll do, we'll do FaceTime. I'll yeah. oh, yeah. Hey, man, we <laughs> can do video on this thing. That'd Absolutely. Be, that'd be fun. Bob Ballou, uh, on the Buyers Barricades guest line, where they provide traffic control, rental, and sales for San Antonio and beyond online at buyersbarricades.com.